Okay, welcome back to the Curiously Guided Podcast, the place for intuitive business owners and curious minds. We're your hosts, Shay Mariah, and today we're excited for our first guest of season three. Season three. We're actually bringing back um, our original first guest of all time, Ash Burnside. Um, Ash is a good friend of the podcast and a good friend of ours. She is an insanely smart and talented woman who I feel like is always teaching me new things and encouraging me to grow. And this episode was a joy. Um, She has herself pivoted her business quite a bit. And um, I would say is one of the greatest examples I know of someone who is using curiosity as a guide to make decisions and to tap into her genius and what it is that she's on this earth here to do. And she's bold and unapologetic about it and really going for it. And so she's made some big changes in her business since we first talked with her. And we wanted to bring her on to help us kick off this season really and, and get a real perspective of what it looks like to actually walk the walk and live this stuff out in real life. Yeah, when I was listening back to this episode, I got so jazzed up. And I remember like I was literally cooking dinner and I'm like laughing out loud. And Andrew thinks that I'm nuts. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, we're just so funny. We are like the funniest people. Like this conversation is just so fun. And I think that you can really tell that like we all just really jive really well together. Um, but the conversation, it's just so fascinating, just like Ash's different approaches to helping her figure out how she wanted to pivot, like what that journey looked like. I feel like there's a lot of medicine in here for a bunch of different people, all of us in different perspectives. And I just really like how Ash is always so honest and vulnerable. And like the conversation is just really juicy. Okay. So we're not going to spoil too much. I'm just going to read her bio, then we'll kick it into it. So Ash Burnside is a tarot reading life coach, helping women tap into the magic hidden in their journey, psyche, and souls to unlock deeper clarity, intuition, courage, and healing as they move forward in both life and business. With a professional background in storytelling and mythological archetypes, Ash has pivoted from writing sales stories as a marketer for big online personalities into helping spiritually hungry women to rewrite the narrative of their own life using modern coaching, ancient wisdom, and the power of the subconscious mind. So with that, let's just get into the episode. Ooh, baby. We are so excited for this interview. So Ash was actually our first podcast interview guest, and we're just really excited to kind of dive into her journey since the last interview because things have shifted and changed and unfolded pretty, pretty fucking in a really cool and empowering way from our perspective. So I think me and Shay are just really interested to dive in here, Ash, and just see like, what the fuck has been going on? Like what's happening since our last interview? So much, so much stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's been a lot that's happening. Where do we even leave off? I feel like. (laughs) I think uh, it was like you were moving Maybe you were still in like the marketing arena, like calling yourself like a marketing strategist. I think that that's kind of where we were. And then it's like, if I take a look at your Instagram now, it's like straight up healer. And so like going from like the strategy into allowing yourself to really envelop in the feminine side and the energetic side. And like, it probably also still includes some strategy, but not in like the super structured, rigid, masculine, old way that it probably has. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, Oh yeah. That's been a massive unfolding and there was never a point where it's like, Oh, I've arrived. Like I'm doing the thing now. Look at that. I just made the pivot. There was a long, arduous and painful process and like slow unfolding that I had to be very okay, very patient and very present for. Um, I think that's honestly like where the pain was is just knowing that like, this is going to unfold in the way that it's going to unfold. And there is not a single thing that I can do to speed this up because it was something that I had to experience. It was a process I had to go through. And so part of it was just like the surrender to that knowing of like, this, this is what it is. And I'm, I'm walking the path and that's all I can do. Um, but yeah, there was a lot that was in there. So man, I think when I talked to you last year, I had just left a full-time job that I was working in the marketing industry, um, had kind of spread my wings, was like, I'm gonna do marketing by myself again. And I did it. Um, and it was great to like, have the autonomy again and have that sense of agency. Um, I don't know. There's just like an, an energy to being on your own. And like, I know you guys get it where it doesn't matter what you're doing, just knowing that you're doing it by yourself. Sorry, my dog's in here. Um, knowing that you're doing it by yourself and that like you are calling all the shots, even when it's scary. Like, I just, to me, that's like such a weight off my chest. Like, yeah, I get to do this. Even when I fail so hard, I'm like, okay, I still did that. And I'm still doing this. Like I'm still here. We're still kicking. Um, so going through that. And then uh, when I talked to you there, it was there. Like I had the idea. It had been planted in my consciousness and my spirit for so long that I was like, I know I'm going to be doing this. I know I'm supposed to be doing this. And I know that's part of what I talked to you guys about last year was like, this is, this is the direction I'm going in. Um, and at that point I was <clears throat> talking to someone that at the time was my business partner. Um, we were going to be doing something together. And then she's still a dear, dear friend of mine. And we just had some really honest conversations, uh, more in the spring that was like, I have this idea and you have that idea. And like, maybe this little thing, this little brainchild that we have together is meant to be, but not yet. And I'm willing to just like part ways for a little bit for us to figure it out. And like we did. So we still talk every day and everything. So it was like, seriously, no hard feelings, a very mutual, very spirited thing to be like, yeah, you know what? Like I'm getting that intuition to full support of you, you full support of me. So we ended up not doing things together. Um, and, uh, I had a very spiritual experience um, that was like, even the day that it happened on, I went to go meet um, a bunch of friends I had been working with online for a couple of years. Um, we went to one of her, one of them owns a beach house. And so we went to her beautiful beach house in North Carolina. We had a great time together. It was just lovely to like, just to get to hang out. Um, Cause we'd really only hung out in the, in like hung out in the spaces that we were working and collaborating together because we were getting paid, right? So like, this was like a true, we're building friendship now. We're not getting paid to be here. Like we just want to be in each other's company. Um, and it was the Aries full or the Aries new moon on the spring equinox. So like the start of the season, the astrological new year, I'm an Aries moon. So like, this is also like very significant for me. So I'm like, yeah, this is my time. And we, there was a couple other people at this house. Um, and the, my one friend who I was going to be my partner, um, she obviously knew like how wooey and spiritual and cause like, that's what we were going to do together. And so a week before this beach house thing, 
I, we were both packing and like voxering each other about like packing and like, what are you bringing? What am I bringing? I was like, oh, hey, um, I've been reading tarot for six years. Should I bring my deck? And she was like, um, yes. What the fuck? Like, yes, bring your deck. Who are you? And so I brought it first night. Um, I brought it out and there was other people and I was thinking like, oh, we'll wait later. I don't want to like impose or make someone feel weird. Cause like, you just never know. I want to be really respectful that so that freaks some people out. I'm like, whatever. I'm cool with that. Um, and one of my friends is really religious. Uh, so I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like if that's going to vibe, like, I don't, I just don't want to like step on any toes. Cause like, I respect these women and I love these women. And so Raven's like, no, 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 do it now. Raven's my friend. Um, she's like, no, no, no. we're going to do it right now. Like bring out your deck. And I was like, okay. And so everyone stopped talking. This was like a nightmare for me. Cause I was like, I was thinking like, we're just going to do this subtly over here and it's not going to be a big deal. No, no, no. Everyone stops talking, walks towards us, creates a little circle. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I'm You're like, out. like, none of your fucking business. Not me alone. <laughs> we're not doing anything. No, this is nothing happening. And I'm like looking around like, I I can wait till later. And she was like, stop it. Like, we're interested. Do it. And so I did this reading for her. She's like almost in tears. Everyone's jaws on the floor. Like, me next. Me next. Move over. Me next. So I ended up reading for like four and a half hours for like for everyone that was there. I don't think there was one person that wasn't sobbing by the end of the night of just like, holy shit, what are you doing? And so they're asking me like, so what are you doing with this? Like, what, what are you going to do with this? And I was like, I don't know. Like, this is a dream of mine. Like to be able to do this for a living, like that's literally a dream. And they're like, okay, so do it. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, this is a part of me that is secret. This is an introverted, like little sacred part of myself that I do not share with the world. And I don't even know where I would get started. Like my family doesn't even know that I do this. Like no one knows about this. And they were so encouraging of like, okay, you need to make this your, your thing. Like, uh, I had told them like, I don't see myself in marketing in, in five years. I don't even know if I see myself in marketing in two years. And one of them were like, I don't see you in marketing in six months. So get moving. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. So that was just, it just, everything lined up so perfectly. And that I think was the first time that I had an external validation of not only what I really wanted for myself and like a validation that the things that I desired were on purpose. Like I had those desired planted in me on purpose for a purpose. And it was also the first time that I'd ever had my gifts validated by someone else to be like, no, no, no. Like this is legit. You're legit. You need to fucking do something with this. Like you don't you dare hide. And I needed that so bad. So even though it was so uncomfortable, I was like, when I got on the plane to go home, I was like, that literally changed my life. Like that, that evening changed the trajectory of my life because I wouldn't have made the changes without their support, without like putting myself out there in just that little circle. Um, so that was probably the biggest shift where I'm like, okay, all right, I'm going to do something. I don't know how I'm going to go from marketing and building funnels to that, but I'm going to figure it out. And I had that clock and I had the whole time of like six months, like I can do this. I want to make this shift in six months. And I had no idea, no idea how to plan it out. Um, I have talked about surrender a lot. Surrender is a huge part of my journey. Um, and just being like, okay, I am not in charge right now. I'm just, here's my intention. Here's my desire. That's it. I'll just keep, you know, following the intuition. So 
I really just kind of released it and was like, I'm okay. Six months. I have literally no idea. I might fail. That's also okay. Uh, but I'm going to try this. Um, and I went through so many iterations. It was so messy. Oh my God. It was so messy. And I did fail a lot. Uh, I kept putting it out there. Um, I didn't even know what to call myself because I think the, the biggest block for me was I wasn't okay with just calling myself a healer because to me, I'm like, oh, I still got to talk to these marketing people and they need to understand the ROI of like why to work with me. And so I was like, oh, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to camouflage myself and I'm a burnout coach. That's what I can help people with, burnout coaching. And uh, so I was like, I know that. I know, I know burnout. Like I could talk about this and like I could, you know, sprinkle some woo in there and I think that'll be good. That'll be my in. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Um, it didn't, not only did it not attract the right people, but it also turned off the people that I really wanted to work with. Mm. And it was really hard to put myself in this box because I still felt like I can't talk about the things I really want to talk about. Cause I want to talk about the, woo. I want to talk about the darkness. I want to talk about like my experience, which is a lot of those things. So that failed miserably. And I had to be okay with that. Um, I went to a mastermind, uh, that was also terrifying. Anytime I'm around people, this seems to be an expansive experience for me because I'm just a huge introvert. Um, and I went to this mastermind and I had to introduce myself as a coach. And it was the first time I ever had to do that. And I literally, there was people there that knew me and kind of knew like what I was up to. And uh, so I was like, oh, I, you know, I build funnels. And, and they're like, one of them was like, no, what do you do? And I was like, well, I, I think I'm going to do burnout coaching. And she like pulled me aside and she was like, listen, damn it. When I'm introducing you to someone, you introduce yourself as the thing you were actually doing and the thing that you want to be doing. And I know you what you want to be doing and you're playing small and cut it out. And like, I wanted to cry because like, she was definitely coming at me. But also I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Okay. Okay. I can do this. Like, we're going to go back in here. We're going to do it. <laughs> uh, so go back in there. <laughs> And that was like another like huge failing moment because I introduced myself differently to every single person I interacted with. Cause I was just like trying on titles. Like I'm gonna try this one. I'm like, how do you interact with that? Well, that no one responded. Like, okay. I'm gonna, try, I'm gonna try this one. Ha. Huh, okay. Well, how do they respond to this one? Nothing. Okay. Oh, oh, this one's got something to it. All right. Maybe. And like taking little notes. It was like the biggest trial by fire. I think I've ever allowed myself to experience and just like, just go for it. Cause I'm like, you know what? If I never want to see these people again, I could make that decision, but mm, here we are. Um, so that was informative, painful, but informative. Um, and then the summer was probably the, the hardest part um, because I had the clarity of knowing what I wanted to do. Um, the summer was also the time that I finally was like magical play dates. That's a fun, like, approachable way to talk about what I do like a play date sounds fun like it's just you get to come experience something and it it draws people that have an open mind and that's all I needed um I don't need people to be super super spiritual because I feel like I can explain things and meet people in the middle to really talk about it in a really grounded fashion um so magical play dates is when I launched them and that was still wildly uncomfortable um I don't know if we've talked a lot about astrology, but like I am super into astrology. So I am very much aware of like what my own patterns are. Um, and you follow like your house system. So your eighth house is uh, like the house of hidden desires, your house of, um, for me, like the eighth house is always hard. Like 
it's just a rough time. Um, and so my eighth house is in July and I've, I've very rarely had a July that was like sunshine and rainbows. Everything's great. Um, it was, it's always like, even if things are wonderful, like nothing can actually go wrong. It's just July internally feels really difficult for me. Um, but that I really felt like was my month of reckoning of like, here's all the shit of why you don't want to transition. Here's everything you're absolutely terrified of happening. You're going to deal with that now. And so that was, that was uncomfortable. Um, and they're just, and it wasn't just like career wise, like this was, I feel like everything in every bucket of life just kind of popped off. Um, I'm a mom of three boys. My middle child is also neurodivergent and he's just, he's been wonderful because he has made me a better human because he has forced me to become a leader for the both of us, which is an awesome like thing to say. I'm proud to be his mom, but good God, is that so challenging to like actually walk through? So that was a big month for a lot of that. Um, it was just a lot, like a lot of fire. Um, but I put myself out there and I reached out to a couple of people and were like, hey, I'm doing this thing. Uh, here's what it's called. And I just need some people to validate this for me. Like, I, I just want to show people what I can do. Can I do this for you? And I did my first 10 for free where I just like, I just needed some legs. And so everyone, I was so afraid. I was so afraid to get like a no. So I'm being like, no, you're worshiping Satan. Get away from me. And like, I was so prepared for that. Cause I was like, oh, like, that's what people are going to say. Like, huh. And every single person I reached out to was like, hell yes, that's awesome. Oh my God. Like, how can I support you? And so like, that was such a healing, like I needed that so bad. I needed that. And I didn't realize how much I needed that because I had prepared myself so much to like get the rejection. Um, and then after that, like I launched the paid version and then like literally haven't looked back since the summer. Cause it's just like, it keeps happening. Like people book magical play dates. I get to do the tarot thing. Um, I've done now coaching with it as well. And yeah, the transition has, has transpired <clears throat> and like, you know, it's still happening for the most part. Cause I'm still kind of figuring out like, oh my God, oh my God, this is the thing that I'm doing. Like I just had like this huge download at the beginning of the month that consolidated all of the stuff that I am passionate about that I want to talk about, um, into like a methodology. And I'm like, oh shit, look at that. I got a methodology. Like this is awesome. So yeah, it's, it's happening. It happened. And there we go. You're up to snuff now. <laughs> oh my God. Isn't that amazing how clarity just comes through baby steps? What a great um, encouraging example and reminder for all of us. Oh, the oh. twists and turns, Ash, like, wow. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. Um, I, you know, my, we, Mariah and I were both lucky enough to be one of the initial um, beta testers for the playground pl play dates. And yeah. um, I, I was blown away at, I've never had a reading like that before, to be honest. And you, your knowledge was just insane. And it was so like, you really helped me zoom out and like, just look at these bigger themes in my life and like undercurrents that I'd kind of been avoiding. And it was just so insane. I struggled to send you feedback on it. Cause I couldn't wrap my head around how awesome it was. Like I, I took me like a week to be like, I need a minute to just like put this together, please. It was so, my brains are still scattered on the floor. So I, you know, I've been thinking one thing as you were talking 
the idea of validation came up a lot. And this idea of like validating and self-validating and external validation is kind of a concept I've been playing around with myself. I realized that like my self inner validator is pretty weak and I really rely on external validation. But your story was so interesting to me. I had this click of like, it's both, right? Such as life, it's always both. But like, you have to validate yourself, but also getting real humans feedback who it's like outside of your bubble and them validating something that you secretly want to be validated. That's like where the magic happens. Like when those two things come together, that's when you feel like you're onto something and you get that. That's like the curiosity nudge. Right. So I, um, I've been kind of like beating myself up because I'm like, you seek external validation too much. You need to validate yourself. So I just loved hearing your story of like, no, it's both. It's it's like this back and forth and it's this baby step process and and usually when you get that the right kind of external validation that can be a sign you know that you're headed in the right direction like that you go into the party and you share in something that was like I know that feeling of like I've pulled cards for friends and I'm like oh no don't look over here like I know that's so vulnerable and so I just want to say your story is really inspiring because it was just you being brave in a bunch of baby steps right because that's all it ever is um and I, I really appreciated that, um, just how you're thinking about validation and how you're looking for it and how you're validating yourself, but you're also, look, it's a science experiment, right? And you're looking oh, for, yes. oh, this is the right direction. And you're not afraid of the pain. I'm sure you're afraid of the pain, like we all are, but you're facing the pain <laughs> and you're taking a step forward anyway. And so I just, I personally feel, Mariah and I shared before we pressed record that we are feeling very safe in the role of strategists, but are in our hearts and all of our readings are telling us, oh, step into healer, step into healer. And her and I will both like take some feet in, but the the jump in feels very like unsafe, unsafe, unsafe. And so it was just, um, I feel very encouraged and inspired by you. And I want to say like, kudos, hats off, like way to do the brave thing. That's a huge step that you made. Thank you. Thank you. And how interesting that when me and you think about Ache, we're like either we're a strategist or we're a healer. Like how fucking binary. Yeah. Like how binary is that? Where it's like black or white. You can only be this or that. But it's like you can be and 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 I think that this this podcast in general is kind of like our our proof that like you can be both and we can intertwine both of like we like the strategy and we like the intuitive piece of it. And like what if that's just the place that we're walking is like figuring out the path that melds both of them together in a way that feels authentically fucking fun. Yeah. I think that that's, that's just really interesting, but I do want to reflect back on your story a little bit, Ash, when we took like a break for a second, I was like, Shay, why do I feel like I'm going to cry? I was like, I feel like emotional, like your story just, it fucking hit something. And like my entire body was like, like straight chills of just like, what a beautiful story of twists and turns. And like, I just really appreciate you coming on and sharing all of this so vulnerably. And like the fact that like you were horrified to like with the tarot cards. And I wanted to talk about like you, 
instead of saying like, oh, I'm a healer. Like I like tarot cards. You're like, I'm a burnout coach. Like, yeah, I feel like so, so many of us do that. I do that. Yeah. And it's like, I can't call myself something that is like so unrelated in our own heads because we're just like, we've put our identity in this box that it's like, nobody will accept us if we then step out of this box. But people are like, Hey, what other boxes you got? Like, what else do you like? Like what's interesting about it? And I wanted to give an example. So like, um, me stepping into coaching in my own arena a little bit, I decided I was like, you know what, I'm going to call myself, what, what was it like a business clarity coach, right? So I created this whole fucking sales page for it. It was a great SEO keyword. I was like, I'm going to get on page one tomorrow. No big deal. So I did last December, I launched the sales page a couple weeks later, I'm on page one in position six. And I was like, okay, cool. And then rose to literally position one on page one of Google for business clarity coach. A year later, I'm looking back at data. Guess how many people booked me for that? Zero. Oh, interesting. Because it's not what the fuck I'm doing. Like, it's like your burnout coach. It's like, what the fuck is a business clarity? Like, come on, you can write the content, but the energy isn't behind it. But it was like me trying to mask myself of like, I can't say that I'm interested in human design or like, I can't say that I'm blah, 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 blah. And like picking another thing. And it was my way to go, go around it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's very interesting, like how often we do this especially in the business world because we understand that it's like your title has to be clear of what you are so that people can know what you do so they can know if you're the right solution to the problem and it's like yes but also energetics first before strategy yeah yeah 100 percent um so much that that's so much of like what i had experienced um after i had left the mastermind um part of me continuing to fail forward and just like figure it out was I was calling myself just a holistic coach or holistic wellness coach. Cause I was like, Oh, that's closer to what I want. And then this is something that I know that I do, but I know I'm also not the only one that does that, that anytime that I cannot just accept that I am good at something or that I am good by myself, I will go try to get an education or go like, I'm going to sign up for this course. I'm going to get this coach. I'm going to get this other certification. And so I like started studying for the, I forgot what board it is, the national board of wellness educators or wellness providers, something like that. Um, uh, so I could pass the exam. Cause if you could pass the exam, then like, I would be able to say like, Oh, I'm certified in this holistic stuff. And then like, I started studying for it and I was like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Like, I don't even like this. Like, this is like nutrition and like physiology and bio. Like, I don't give a shit about this. Like, what am I doing? But it was like, I was pulled like back into like, oh, you got to be able to like give it an ROI. Like, this is something people already understand. So you should probably just do this because they'll never understand what you're doing. And it was just like, it was hard to break from that and be like, no, like, yes, they will. I'm willing to like follow the path until they do. And yeah, that was definitely part of it. Well, I like how you're also giving you know, some of the worst advice I ever got was from an early business coach. And she told me like, pick a title and never change it. And she was like, so embarrassed for all these people that were changing their titles all the time. And that was a story I really carried around for a while. 
But Mm -hmm. what you're doing is smart. And that is don't feel like we can never be defined by a title. So stop trying to find the perfect one that encapsulates you. And instead do go to a place and say 10 different ones. What comes out smooth? What do people react to? And like, and let it change, let it evolve. And like, don't shame yourself around that. I think like that exercise of like letting it be loose is really powerful introducing yourself is tough. It's really hard. I still, we, Mariah and I went on another podcast and I forgot I would have to introduce myself and my hands got so sweaty and I actually keep like a, a post-it on my computer of like just a, a line I can say, cause my brain just goes oh, yeah. white, you know, it's a hard thing to do. So, um, I like the, how nimble you've been in all of this and like how flexible you've been. And was that a struggle to kind of just like let it flow a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll say part of, part of what made July so hard too, is I I was still fully working in the marketing realm. So like I was, you know, dabbling and I had like some like beta things I was doing with people just to like test things out, but I still had a full marketing load of clients. And then in July, this, this is where I'm like, this was a hundred percent cosmic. Um, all three of my big retainers that I had to like create an income, all of them canceled, like prematurely before our contracts were done. And like, I'm friends with a lot of them still. So it wasn't like, you suck. We can't work with you anymore. You don't do good. It was like, hey, this launch is totally coming off the rails. I'm so sorry, but like, we're going to cancel this launch. Or like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. This thing came up and like, we can't work together right now. And it was just like all these strange things that like, why my contracts literally just came crashing down. And so now I'm like, cool. I have no income now. Like, kaput in the in a matter of like two and a half weeks gone and which is part of what made like July so like contracting of like ooh you're gonna sit in this now you're gonna figure it out and so part of it like I really was kind of forced to be like all right you're gonna figure it out and like I feel like that's when you're put in a spot like that you have to stay nimble because if you freeze up of panic like you're not gonna go anywhere um and so like I'd already walked that road of like things being too hard and like panicking and not making any movement. I was like, I know how to do this. I know how to have my own back. I know how to believe in myself. And I know that I just have to be willing to just fail as often as I need to, in order to get forward. Uh, Mm -hmm. Fail forward is something I say all the time, because I think it kind of flips what we think about failure. Um, To me, like failure is necessary. Like it's a part of growth. And the sooner that you can learn to embrace it, the easier it's going to be and the faster you can get to where you're going. But there's this other notion that like, if you fail, that means you're done, that you're stuck in that spot. And I'm like, no, 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 fail forward totally flips on its head. Like, no, 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 you can still make progress. You can still like succeed in some areas while failing. So yeah, that was a huge fail forward month. Um, But yeah, it did. It required me to stay really nimble. I love that notion and the word nimble. I don't think I've ever, I haven't heard the word nimble in years. Like what's up nimble. It's like thimble. Like when, <laughs> like when you're playing monopoly, I just like, yeah. Gold um, <laughs> but no, I think that that's important. And I know that that was a huge issue for me growing up as just like a perfectionist mm-hmm. and like failure in my mind. And it wasn't because of my parents or anything. I think I've explained this on the podcast before. It was more of an internal thing of like, I didn't think that I was good enough if I failed because I thought just like you said, that you fail where you are and then you don't go anywhere. But it's like now the older me, I look back and I was like, failure is the only way to go forward. Like failure isn't even failure. Like how do we even redefine failure? Like, let me call up 
Webster's dictionary and be like, yo, can we take a look at this definition? Because like, what is the definition of failure? Because I think that it's changing because we're starting to realize that like, you there is no progress without failure. There just isn't because all failure is, is an experimentation to then find a data point. And like, you can't really fail backwards because even the art of failing, you learn something about yourself, about your environment, about something like you gained some kind of knowledge, whether you wanted to gain it or not, mm -hmm. you gained some kind of knowledge. And so it's like, how can we embrace failure in terms of like, that's actually the only way to go forward? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was something that I, I, man, I, I think I put this on my Instagram like two years ago, but it was um, the notion that there is no failure. There's only lessons. And I think that's a really good way to look at it too. Yeah. Of like, that's what you're saying. Like, there's, there is no failure. Like, yeah, you might, but like, it's, it is the only way forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that so much. Um, okay. So me and Shay both have gotten a magical play date from you and Shay kind of touched about her experience a little bit and with mine I literally was just sitting there and I was like fuck you <laughs> in in the most loving way I was like yo this yeah. bitch just read me to shreds in a loving way but like the way that you delivered it I don't want to say that it was like intense because that's not the word it was more of just like the cards I, I like having the cards because it's not just like oh, I got this down that it's like, look, bitch, this is, the card said it, not me. But it's like the way that you explained it pulled together a thread and a story with questions that you also weren't assuming based on the card. Do you know what I mean? Like it was more of a collaborative process and communication and just like, how is this resonating? And like, is there this? And it wasn't leading, but it like, I remember sitting there and I was like, fuck, like, you're right. And I remember having to take a, a step back and being like, yeah, like mine was literally something about like, you're, um, you're sitting here, like choking yourself is basically kind of what it was. And I was like, yeah, I felt like I was in this space of just like overwhelm and just like, I, I was on the struggle bus and I was, and then you were like, yeah. And then you're making yourself struggle. Like you're the one holding yourself down. Like it's that one meme of like the foot on the head. Yes. And then it's like, then it's like your own, your own hand putting the foot. And I was like, yeah, okay. Accurate. But it's just so interesting that like it resonated so much, but it was the piece that I didn't want to look at. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, and it's also interesting that like, dude, you've been reading tarot for six years and like nobody fucking knew. Yeah. Can we talk about just like, what got you interested in tarot to begin with? Ooh, I was always a spooky child. Like truly this is like in my nature. Um, I, I have three boys. My oldest boy is also a spooky child. Like his favorite movie for the longest time and probably still to this day is Nightmare Before Christmas. And like, while the other kids are watching like Disney stuff, he's like, let's watch Coraline again. And I'm like, I love you. I'm like, you're rad. Um, but I wasn't really allowed to be spooky. So I grew up in a very conservative Christian home. Um, and I can remember I wanted to put like moon and stars in my room because like it always fascinated me. I always felt pulled to that. And they're just like, no, that's for witchcraft. And I'm like, and then when I became an adult and I'm like, ah, I can do witchcraft now. Like no one hold me back. Um, so I bought myself my first deck because um, I was just really drawn to it. I always wanted one. 
And I got really spiritual and like very intuitive um, during the pregnancy of my third son. Um, I don't know what it is. I, I have some theories that like, I think motherhood in and of itself is a portal. I think motherhood can be a very spiritual experience. Um, and yeah, I just felt this insane pull. And so after he was born, I was like, I'm going to buy my, I'm going to buy a deck. And there's a notion, a really harmful one. This is not true in the spiritual community. That's like, oh, you can't buy your own tarot deck. It has to be gifted to you. Otherwise it doesn't have the right energy and it proves you're not supposed to do it. And I'm like, I heard that. And I made yeah, my mom buy that. me one. I was like, fuck buy me that. that. Please. Yeah, no, fuck that. I was like, mm, nah, unsubscribe. I'm going to buy myself my own deck. Uh, and so I just like did research and just did found the one that I felt called to. And I was like, this is one I'm going to learn with this one. Um, I think it was the Labyrinthos deck, the Golden Thread Tarot. Because um, it's just really simple imagery. There's no colors, but it's beautiful. And I started learning. Um, and my family would come over and my kids would ask because they'd see like my deck out. And they'd be like, what's that? Like, what's that, mom? And I'm like, these are my thinking cards. I use them to help. <laughs> I love Which that. wasn't a lie. Yeah. It was not a lie. It's true. These are my burnout prevention cards. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Definitely still put on a mask for that. Um, but uh, yeah, so I just, I started reading and I was fascinated by it. And I just kind of went through just the process of learning when like, a really genuine, innocent process of learning where like, you're truly interested in something. And I had no outcomes for this. Like this was never something I thought I would do professionally. Like I just found such a solace in it. And, um, I continued to read, I think probably around like the three-year mark, I started going through a really dark time and I like was really leaning on the tarot very heavily and like drawing cards every day. And the cards, gave me a, a language to speak to myself in a way that was with loving and with kindness during a time that I had nothing kind to say to myself. And so like they became an ally, like they were a, a kind of friend to me when I really, really needed one and I didn't have anything. Um, so that really strengthened my relationship, I guess, if you could say to the tarot um, and really transformed my knowledge from just like I'm reading the interpretations to I'm experiencing these interpretations. Like I have embodied this experience of what this card is telling me. And now I know intrinsically what it means. Um, and so that's when I started right around that time is when I started actually reading for friends and family. Like I would just randomly like, Hey, you want to do this? Um, pretty much any party, I would bring cards with me and just like have a little corner, have a little room that I would like, you know, invite people into. Um, and it was awesome. Like I, I loved it. I just, I genuinely really always loved the tarot. And so, yeah, when the beach house happened, I was like, oh, Hey, I've been doing this and it's fun. You want me to do this too? I love that. You know, I, um, I also grew up in a strict Christian conservative environment and I had the story of tarot is like a way to invite, um, evil spirits in. <laughs> and so I was very, I also think I was kind of a spooky kid that wasn't allowed to be spooky. So I've also had this like attraction to it and like curiosity by it. And so I really um, appreciated hearing that story. And I'm wondering now, like, what do you say to people when they're like, oh, I don't want to get possessed. <laughs> like, how do you describe it? Oh, man. I have so many good, like, boom, here you go. Boom, here you go. Um, I've done a lot of deconstructing about my own like religious upbringing. So I'm sure that helps. Um, but the way I like to describe it to people that are freaked out by it, we're like, oh, that's, that's Satan. Like that's, mm -mm, we don't do that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, 
The tarot is a collection of symbols and archetypes. Archetypes are things that all of our unconscious minds understand. I could show you a picture of a skull or a snake, and I don't have to explain to you why that's scary. Your unconscious mind understands that that is a scary thing. That's an archetype. That's what an archetype is. And so working with the tarot is just a collection of archetypes so we can connect with what is going on in your subconscious and unconscious minds. It's a way to communicate with your psyche. It's a tool mm-hmm. for that. Ooh, love that. That's so Trademark good. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I have also found it to be a very profound tool, specifically in my business. And I, <laughs> I've never heard anyone talking about using you know, there's all these different ways that we can get learn about business and go to business school and hire a coach and do all these things. And that's all great. But actually where I was getting the best advice was sitting with my deck every day. And I had the way someone broke it down for me was they were like, oh, this is a way to connect with your intuition. It's a way to build that muscle. And I was like, oh, I, I want to build that muscle. <laughs> like that yeah. immediately made it be such a fun thing. And, um, you know, I would even say I entered into it with a little bit of a skepticism. And and so like, it's always been this like fun surprise, like a reminder of yeah. like the co-creation that we're in. <laughs> it's a really, it has been a tool that's helped me strengthen the muscle of um, connecting with myself and like what's going on underneath. But I am particularly interested in using it as a tool to help guide my business. So can you tell us about that? How did you use the tarot? as you were surrendering, you know, and like going yeah. through the process, were, were you using it to guide you through those decisions as well? Yeah, I was. Um, so I, so here's a, a really big concept that really shifted things for me in the way that I approach tarot for business specifically. Um, I believe, um, we might've talked about this before, the idea of like big magic, that ideas have sentience to them, that inspiration has a reason for coming to you and picking you. So I started adopting that about my business, that there is a spirit of my business and that spirit chose to work and come through me for a reason and that I am the perfect vessel for this business specifically. And so I had to, I started approaching tarot with the idea of like, this is how I receive the messages that they want me to know. Like, this is, this is their encouragement to me. Like, what can I do to like push the business forward? Like, how can I feed you? How can I honor you? What do you need me to do? And so it was almost building, like truly building a separate relationship to my business as a spiritual entity um, than it was like, I mean, the intuition is still there, but it was like, I'm partnering with my intuition and the spirit of my business. Um, and that really shifted like how I started interpreting the readings because they became way more potent once I started understanding of like, oh, that's what this is. So yeah, that was, that's the lens that I look like at business readings for is, is through that. I love that. That's yeah, that's really great. Um, I feel like subconsciously, that's kind of how I look at my business too, of just like, I'm a unique person that has a unique perspective and I'm the only one that can bring through whatever the fuck I'm supposed to bring through. And I feel like that's also the motivating factor of just like, if I don't bring this through, nobody else can in yes. the way that I bring it through. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You were and chosen. so like, yeah. And it's like, it's very motivating of just like, and it's a personal responsibility. Yeah, it is. Of just like, it is my responsibility to not figure it out, but like sit with it until I'm told the steps or get downloaded the steps or like, however, however we 
kind of want to think about it. But I've used um, tarot specifically in business with my personal life. And, and th the way that I kind of explained it to people, I guess, when I was like dicking around with it a lot, I was just like, it's essentially just an invitation for you to self-reflect. Like yeah. these cards, you can look up the meanings of the cards and it's like six of wands. You can either be like, oh God, oh no. And then it's like, or you could just be like, what is this making me think of? Because whatever it's making me think of that's is apparently part. what I'm supposed to be thinking yes. of. Yes. Yeah. That's the intuitive part of it for sure. Yeah. It's just like exploring of just like, oh, okay. Maybe this is something that I need to put my focus on. Mm -hmm. And I just think that it's fascinating. And uh, another thing that I do is like, I'll just uh, make the universe show me signs. I'll just be like, if I'm meant to do this, show me a zebra. If I'm not meant to do this, show me a camel. And whichever one I see first, that's the answer. That is what it is. But it's interesting because every time I do that, I then look around for a zebra or a camel. And I'm just like, where's the zebra? Where's the camel? Or I'll notice, oh, I only want the camel. I only want the fucking camel. Uh, if a zebra yeah. shows up, I'm running away. And it's like, it's just interesting to yeah. know. I didn't see that zebra. What zebra are you talking <laughs> about? Yeah, yeah exactly. So I'd be doing like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it is literally hilarious. And the one time, like, they somebody said the word on a TV show. It was like something, something camel. And I was like, Andrew Pause, did they just say fucking camel? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I got to go. I'm out. Like I, I need to go. I need to go get my journal. And he was like, "We're in the middle of a fucking TV show." I was like, "They said camel. I'm out. And I gotta go." He's like, "What's going on?" Yeah. <laughs> but it never fails. Like one of them shows up, and sometimes if I'm hyper focused on it, they won't show up for two or three days. Like mm -hmm. I could be watching like something about literally the zoo or like an African lion safari, and I won't see a zebra. And I was like, "You guys are fucking playing with me." Wow. Wow. Making me so I just Yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I just I love these tools that take us out of our logical mind. Yeah. I just think that it's very very helpful. Yeah. That, that's what we need like cuz that's man, there's a there's so many different quotes. I'm going to butcher all of them, so I'm not even going to try to to say them, but the essential line was that like you can't solve a problem from the same space that you asked the question in. Like you have to get into a different headspace. And like, to me, like that's, that is like conscious awareness. If you have an inquiry that is popping into your conscious awareness, you can't answer it from that state. You have to drop into like a subconscious or unconscious way of questioning and looking at things in order to find an answer or even see the connections for you to find an answer. I'll also say for all of our more strategy leaning listeners, <laughs> this can be what I'm, as I'm learning more and more about the subconscious and like neuroscience, these are the programs that are going off and you don't even realize it, it's like a crazy amount of our behavior is driven by the subconscious. And so if you're in a point where you're like, I've learned all the things and I've done all the strategies and I keep buying courses and it's still not filling that hole, I would challenge you to maybe there's something subconscious going on <laughs> and yeah. maybe some of these more like quote unquote outside the box tools is exactly what you need because there's really your body is running all of these scripts in almost like a website they can get outdated and they can be like fucking shit up and you don't even know about it <laughs> so it's really like if you are a more strategic person I have found this as a really profound like access to wisdom that I didn't even know existed and it, it's like 
it's exactly what Mariah said, where it'll just like point something out that you're like, oh shit, I didn't want to think about that. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. And actually, Ash, you recommended to me this app called The Pattern. Yes. And I've now recommended it to Mariah and it pulls a lot of this stuff together, I know. And it's maybe a little more astrological, but it's it's wild how some of this stuff can just like, it like slaps you in the face. You're like, how did you know that? How is it possible? <laughs> Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that stuff so much. Yeah. The pattern is a great app. Um, I am such a freak about it. Like I tell everyone, I, I was telling someone in the grocery line the other day, like, so the pattern, I don't even know how we got on it. Like, this is not like, I don't talk to people in public. I'm an introvert. And I was like, she asked me some question or something. I'm sure I was wearing something like mildly wooey. And she had asked me a question. And yeah, I was like, oh my God. And then the pattern and like pretty much <laughs> anyone I'm like, you need to download the pattern. So yeah, it's great. It is well, technically- an astrological app it just takes out all of the jargon so instead of being like your moon is conjunct mars and this next lunar cycle and you're like what the fuck does that mean it's just like oh so you're gonna probably feel more aggressive and emotional and here's how you deal with that and you're like oh that that's the information i needed just wanted to slide in here mid-episode and fill you in on some cool things quick. So we are in our third season of Curiously Guided, and there's nothing that fires us up more than making this podcast and hearing all the positive impacts it's having on our listeners. Up until this point, this has been a pure passion project, but we've got bills and expenses for this podcast, y'all. If you have the means and would love to support us in creating new episodes, feel free to head over to curiouslyguided.com slash support to buy us a coffee. And if you want even um, a deeper dive, we're excited to offer, we're going to now start doing some strategy sessions where you get both Mariah and I's brains on your business. And um, there's nowhere else in the world where you can, Mariah and I both don't work with people in such micro ways. So this is kind of a cool thing to get both of us looking at your business in kind of like a one-off strategy session. Just imagine us two and you together diving deeper on your business business, marketing, sales, and everything in between, um, all while filtering it through the lens of strategy, energetics, and energetics, which you know is our style. So if you want to learn more about what working with Mariah and I could look like, head on over to our website, curiouslyguided.com slash session to get the details. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate you so, so much. Now let's get back into the episode. One thing you've helped me with the tarot and seeing you read tarot was like next level genuinely. But another thing you encouraged me to check into was the moon cycles and coordinating my life a little bit more with the moon cycles. And you share a lot of content. I love the content you share a lot um, online, but a lot of it is around like moon cycles. And can you kind of take us into that journey of finding that out and like how you use the moons to help you make decisions in business? Yes. Ooh, I love this one so much. Um, so I am a like a huge nerd scholar, if you want to call it, of astrology. And not for the fact of like divining the future. Like, here's what's going to happen on this day. That's not my approach. There's people that that is their approach and that's fine. They're saying, um, I look at astrology as a system of high level pattern recognition. So when we can understand patterns, we understand cycles. And when we do that, like this is that system. 
Trademark um, that as well. <laughs> yeah, your, your ability to say this stuff simply is just and strategically yeah, though yeah. like that is like perfect like what the what the fuck did you just say can you say it again <laughs> astrology is a system of high level pattern recognition so it allows you to see the patterns at play and if you understand the pattern you understand the cycle so you can see where you're at in the cycle and what's coming next um and so our astrology is based on planets all the planets including pluto even though pluto got demoted Pluto is still a planet in astrology. Um, and so all of them represent different periods of time, different cycles, and what affects those cycles. So the one that changes in a way that is the most sustainable for us to follow is the moon. Um, people do follow like the sun. The sun has two different cycles. It has the astrological cycle when it goes from one sign into the next. That's like a month long. Otherwise, the sun cycles are 24 hours, as we know, uh, which is a very masculine cycle because guess what? Like, men's cycles and men's testosterone resets on a 24-hour basis very masculine um for specifically me operating in the world as a woman as someone that identifies as a woman someone that experiences cycles as a woman following masculine cycles i could i saw myself burning out where i'm like i can't sustain and every day i do the same damn thing all the time day in day out i can't do it it's not natural to me it doesn't feel right i burn myself out and that's not the way i was built like quite literally my biology does not support me moving in the world in that way and so that's when i started like really researching understanding like oh there's moon cycles interesting and anthropologically and mythologically, the moon has always been feminine. Like in most cultures, the moon is a goddess. And how interesting that the moon cycles are also 28 days. And the average menstrual cycle is also eight, 28 days. Technically, the moon's like 29 and a half, but we're close. Um, and so started really diving into like this feminine lunar wisdom and how to start honoring it as a way and by proxy to honor myself and my own rhythms because I don't know about you, but like uh, modern hormones are fucking whack. They're crazy because <laughs> we, like there's so many endocrine disruptors that are in our world in so many ways that all of our hormones are very disrupted. And so the thought of trying to like get either the medical support that I need or find the, find the information that I needed to understand my body and the biological processes that we're having, I'm like, that seems like a lot. I don't even know if I have the funds to do that. I don't even know who I would talk to. And so it was a mix of like dabbling in some of that education while marrying it to the more like energetic side. So it was, it was like the strategy and the energetics of like, okay, how does this match? And like, okay, so, you know, women have four different parts of their cycle. You know, you have the luteal phase and the follicular phase and the ovulatory phase and matching that up to moon cycles where I was like, oh, this part is like the full moon. This part's like the new moon. And this part's like, oh my gosh. So it was it was a way for me to have context about how my own body was working, but also as a way for me to honor the way that how my biology was affecting how I energetically show up in the world. And so understanding moon cycles and being able to follow them, I'm able to consciously and intentionally honor who I am in each season. So the moon moves through signs um, like two and every two and a half days or something like that. So it moves relatively quickly through a sign. I don't follow the signs all the time. I really just allow my intuition to guide me where it's like, I pretty much do the big ones. Like 
it's a full moon or it's a new moon. Great. What's the new moon in? It's like, oh, it's a new moon in Aries or a full moon in Virgo, whatever. I'm pulling those out of my butt. Um, and like, what does that mean? Okay, great. So a full moon in Virgo is Virgo is a very detailed sign. It's a very hermit, introverted sign. It's a very, um, a very rooted, nourishing sign. Great. Full moon is about release. Okay. What things can I release so that I could better nourish myself? What's standing in the way of me coming home to myself right now. So it's like, it, once again, it was another system for me to kind of self-reflect and sit with myself and be really intentional. So there's like three reasons of like why I was following moon cycles, but there you go. You know, I thought it was so interesting. I'm sorry, Mariah, I just cut you off, but oh, I'll just good. pop one thing in here and say, I hadn't really considered um, the, the solar cycle and how our whole world is set up around that 24 hour a day cycle. And I, you know, I did start my career in the nine to five in a cube doing the thing every day. And I remember this crushing feeling of like, I, this is not me. I am a square peg in a round hole. I don't know how I'm ever going to get used to this. And so you talking about like, that's a very masculine way to go about life. And of course, our, our whole society is set up in a very masculine perspective. Something Mariah and I have been talking about a lot lately is most studies and how they've studied things and data they've collected. It's all men, like even well, down to that. traffic safety and how they design guardrails. It's all based on male bodies and cars. So we really, I was unaware of, of the extent of how much our world isn't really set up for us. But the cool part about these lives that we're creating for ourselves is we get to decide. And so I, I'm thinking about me planning my schedule. And if I know I'm in like kind of a, a period week or like whatever yeah. week with my moon cycle, I'm not going to schedule public speaking. And in thinking about planning more in like months and like this week is an up week and this week I like to be quiet and planning based on that, not that I've totally nailed it. It's difficult to work that system truly yes. into our world, but just thinking about that a little bit more has been so freeing. And I feel a lot more, I think I was like every day almost having a shame spiral of like, okay, I'm not, if, if I'm having a low day and I'm trying to be productive in my 24 hour cycle, I just felt bad about myself. So learning this almost gave me some grace, I guess, of like, when I am low, that's cool. Like, I know why I'm low. I can do my more creative and artsy and dark things in those weeks. And then I know that there will be weeks in the future that are like high. And, and yeah. I get to be a curator of that. And, and it kind of correlates with natural cycles. So that feels really good to me. So I just... The moon stuff has been empowering to me. I'm still a novice, but even just knowing that like around a full moon, it's a time of release. So thinking about in journaling, what am I releasing? What am I surrendering? And the new moon time is about like new things and planting seeds and beginnings. Just even those two points and you can correlate them to the moon or to your cycle, but like taking yeah. some time twice a month to reflect on that and like it also is a nice reminder that like we are a part of something bigger and we are part of bigger systems and bigger cycles and it's not so individualized. It's just very beautiful and empowering. So I wanted to thank you for kind of like opening the door for that in my mind. Thank you. Thank you. I'm mind, but I didn't fucking know. Like when you said the sun is more masculine and it's 24 hours and the, the moon is more, I'm like, holy f yeah, duh. <laughs> but I just, I, I don't know why that just like never clicked for me. 
but it does make sense and our entire society is run on the fact of like 24 hours you work five days a week you do blah blah you do the same shit routine 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 that's um my brains are on the wall at the at the moment well i think it's true too that like men's hormone cycles are a 24 hour like in yeah. one 24 hour they do the full cycle whereas women we go through a full month to do the cycle so it's just kind of like a nice reminder like we work differently so why don't we literally work differently yes. you know <laughs> yeah yeah and they don't have like I remember listening to podcasts about this about how men like don't have dips really like it's more like stable and just like kind of like chugging along at the same thing so it's like no wonder they can keep the same routine because they don't have the dips and the flows and the ups and the downs and then I remember getting annoyed about that I was like well why the fuck do I have to dip and flow and fucking dick around like how annoying is this I'm like craving some stability but then it's just like yeah but how cool that we get to create our own stability depending on how we're feeling and what I would be interested in knowing is like exploring that piece specifically of like the moon cycles and like the um menstrual phases because to be completely honest I didn't really know the menstrual phases until maybe mm-hmm. a year ago it's because like I've never oh, been taught that that was it th- yeah. yeah I didn't like know. I never knew yeah that that like that was a thing and then I've been following some people and they were like you should do this kind of workout during this time because of yes. x y and z and it's yeah, like yeah. I wish that there was something that brought it all together where it's like an app that I could track my cycle and then it's like oh in that app like this is where you are in your cycle work out this maybe eat this foods because your body is this and this is also like this is the moon cycle currently so these in combination means this and it's like so if any fucking app developers are listening all of us bitches want it so make it because that would be very helpful because I feel like I'm trying to pull in information yeah. from things it just feels like decoding yeah it fucking does. hieroglyphics I'm just like I don't even know what I'm looking at yeah it does um I will say there's not an app there's a journal that does that um I just found I literally just found it because I was like this has got to be a thing I literally just like got a hit one day and I'm like fuck it I'm gonna do some like I'm gonna find it and I did it's called the cycle journal um, and it does both of those where you track moon cycles and you track your actual period. And it's got a bunch of like beautiful journal entries in there and self-reflection points. And you can put in like your data points. Um, so not an app, but it is more private, I guess. Like you don't have to worry about your data getting sold. Um, will you give us the link to that so we can put it in the show yes. notes and also so I can stock it? Cool. A hundred percent. I will. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's that. And then there is a name for different types of cycles based on how you bleed during different moon phases. So like, I'm probably going to get these all mixed up. So I'm so sorry. Um, but there is a red moon phase, a white moon phase, pink moon phase, and a purple moon phase. So it's I just like, learned about all of this. Yes, it's really yes. interesting stuff. It's yeah. So fascinating. Yeah. And I think the thing when I first learned it, where I was like, oh, I'm a red moon cycle. Cause it was like, you know, you bleed with the full moon or something like that. And which was like very, um another like validation point because it's like oh like the healers and the high priestesses used to be like have this cycle and I'm like yes that's me and then and then it shifted like it was like that for three cycles and then it shifted and I was like oh my god like I fell from grace like what's going on I'm not gonna be that anymore and then it was like oh no this is this is a thing this is a this is what it means to be a cyclical being and that like I'm going to also cycle outside of the cycles and like that's also okay so then it was like oh well now I'm in a purple moon cycle cool what does that mean um so yeah they all have their different 
symbols for like what you're moving through in your life and what you're currently embodying. Also very fascinating. Cool. I just shifted from pink to red. I always feel like I'm a chapter behind you. So I'm like watching you trying to learn everything. <laughs> um, that is so cool. You know, you are a wealth of knowledge and resources. I love every recommendation you've ever given me. But there's one more topic I want to talk about before we have to wrap up today. And it's kind of been like the underlying theme of all of this. And ironically, it's a lot of the reason why we're here in this space together, this idea of surrender. So Mariah <laughs> one day got the question, how to surrender and typed it into a podcast. It just went to Apple Podcasts for some reason and typed that in and found uh, a, a podcast about it, a great connection, a coach, someone we've had as a guest. But the idea of how to surrender is something that Mariah and I have been talking about since like our relationship started. And it, it comes up in every therapy session I have, it comes up constantly. I know that how to surrender is like the skill of life. And so it sounds like you have learned maybe a few things about how to surrender over the last year. Would you talk to us just about like your relationship with surrendering and what does that look like for you on like a daily basis or how did it look through this journey, whatever you feel yeah. comfortable sharing? Oh my gosh. So I will tell you, this is a hundred percent. This was the question I posed to myself when I was coming up with my methodology, um, my methodology is called the whole soul method um, for basically it's, it's to allow you to embody your full self by embracing your whole humanity, which includes your spirit. Cause like no one wants to acknowledge that that's there. Trademark. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's that one is for real getting a trademark whole soul method. So there's six phases in the whole tool method. It actually spells out praise. I did not mean to do that. It 100% was a download that was like gifted wow. into my book. Yeah, that it was a whole magical experience. Um, so I'll walk you through a couple steps in this, but like each step in this is another step into how to surrender, how to surrender, how to surrender. So phase one is to connect to your psyche. So that's the P, um, which is a lot of what we've talked about this episode of like diving into your subconscious and your unconscious and really getting the courage and the curiosity to wonder like, what is here? What is actually here for me? And how do I partner with this? Or what do I need to partner with this in order to overcome whatever's here? Um, that's the first step because that is also a baby step in surrender. You have to be able to surrender the idea that like, you know, everything that you know yourself totally and that you're one static human being forever because none of that is true. And so the, the minute you're able to surrender to that knowledge and it is a sort of surrender to the unknown, you have to kind of lay down your swords and be like, I don't know. I don't know what's there, but I'm willing to find out. That's a form of surrender. Um, and that's the first step. That's the one that we have to do first. The one that comes after that is to get to know your rhythms, find your natural rhythms. And that's the R, um, which is another topic that we talked a lot about, like understanding what are those bigger rhythms? Because again, this comes as another baby step towards surrender of knowing that like there are bigger things at work and now we have to surrender to that. We have to yeah. surrender that we are not separate from nature. We are also nature, which means that we are subject to the laws of nature, the cycles of them, the patterns that we see. The ones that we see here as far as like seasons, so like it's fall, leaves are falling, um, the trees are dying. If we, we would be fools to think that that would not also impact our psyches, that at some level we are not all dealing with some sort of intrinsic feeling of death, of release, of reinvention, of going down to the underworld. That's what fall is. 
but also like cosmic patterns of what, so what else were we talking about that high level patterns of like all right moon cycles mars cycles mercury cycles jupiter cycles pluto cycles like we are subject to all of those things so it's surrendering to that something bigger um archetypes is another one so that's the the a um is to heal with your archetype so some of this is found in the tarot this is one of the reasons why i love the tarot because it is it's a collection of archetypes um but it's finding yours not that archetypes are like a perfect roadmap but they are a map to show you that like here's what's present but that means that you've been here you are here now and this is where you're going to go mm -hmm. um my background is in storytelling and mythological archetypes um, I went to school for English and then got really nerdy about it. Um, so those are the focuses of my degree. And like, that's a lot about like what storytelling is. It's a collection. It's a, it's a roadmap of archetypes of like, okay, at this point in a story, the hero or heroine is going to experience this type of thing that's going to happen. Like that's an archetypal journey. And we are all on an archetypal journey. Life is an archetypal journey. So when we can to surrender now, to the journey that's another baby step so you surrender to yourself and the unknown that's there you surrender to something larger to yourself you're surrendering to the journey so it's like each step is another step in surrender because they are baby steps you can't just like throw your hands up at once and be like i don't know man you can but that would also probably lead to a mental health crisis i would know because that's what happens um so this is my way to kind of like okay how could i ease people into this like how do we not have them freak out um so that's a um, the I is to follow your intuition, which includes both sides. Yes, you're going to develop it, but I find that a lot of people are already intuitive. We are born with intuition. Mm -hmm. The problem is that we are too afraid to follow it, to listen to it. So it is surrendering to A, the knowledge that you were in fact gifted in intuition, that that is an intrinsic part of the human experience, it, to call it what you want. It can be a biological thing of being able to recognize in an instant that something is off. Maybe it's a survival mechanism. Sure. Um, I like to look at it in a more spiritual way, obviously, that like there's some sort of higher force that speaks to me through my guts and I get instant body reactions that tell me things. Um, but intuition is powerful because intuition will never lead you wrong. So getting up the courage to follow that and to be curious enough to where that's going to leave you, that's another form of surrender. Mm -hmm. We're surrendering now to kind of our own innate power. Um, soul wisdom is the next one. And soul wisdom is about embodying. So you've, you have all these different parts in the journey. And there is a part in the journey where you have to stop just talking about it. You have to stop researching and you actually have to do it. And this is the part that can be really painful and it can be uncomfortable because you are fully walking in the unknown. You have no idea what the fuck is next. But that's part of the journey too. You have to be willing to be like, this is what I believe. This is who I am. I surrender to all of those things and whatever's going to happen next is going to happen. And that's, that's soul wisdom. You're following your own damn path. And even when it doesn't make sense, like that takes such courage, but it's also another form of surrender. Um, the last one then is the E and this is self-expansion. That's the whole process here. Self-expansion is fully taking up space as your most genuine self and living that out into the world. The, to me, like this is the level up, like You've done all the things. And now when you look in the mirror, you recognize that like there's a different person staring back at you now. And like you've done it. You've gone through a full cycle and you've arrived. And now it's kind of surrendering to like now you're in a new chapter. Like this is your new reality and surrendering to what that looks like. And as it goes forward and this is a cycle that's going to keep repeating. So like 
Surrender isn't something that we master once and we're like, all right, well, good, got it. I'm a master of surrender. Like, no, bitch, it's going to keep happening. Like, you're going to keep being introduced to different versions of surrender. And so this is really a framework to kind of walk you through that comfortably as yourself. You're a genius. What a, what a perfect question <laughs> to then, like, ironically, not ironically, like bring us into your exact methodology. Which I yeah. didn't know about. <laughs> like, I'm like, wow. I, you I'll be so honest, I had never connected it to surrender before. Because to me, I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is how you become your most genuine self. This is how, like, you know, you can come out of your shell. But, like, when you asked it, it was instant. Where I was like, click holy shit, this is about surrender. All right, here we go. Wow. Thanks for asking that. It is the muscle. It is the muscle. And I love the way you broke that down. Like every single step made total sense. And it like built on itself. Um, Really, really good stuff. Like your brain. Wow. (laughs) I'm so grateful for those downloads. Um, That sounds really powerful. And I loved, I I just like full body chills hearing you talk about it. So um, thank you for the light that you're spreading in the world. That sounds so incredible. And I am, you know, entering into a phase of like, finally, I'm in the total darkness and I'm okay with it. And that's the first time I've ever like just surrendering to like, I don't fucking know what's going to come next. And that feels empowering. It also feels scary. But I think us when we're out on our own, those of us who really crave being out on our own, this is the skill set that keeps us going. (laughs) So thank you uh, for sharing all that. It was very, very um, just it helped. I felt like I like was just clicking. Things are clicking. Every time you talk, you're just simplifying things and like weaving it together in a really interesting way. Um, yeah. I, I just want to say thanks. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for asking the question. Yeah. I'm glad that we went there and that you explained all of that. And I guess my next question here is like, is that what you dive into? Like the magical playdates? Do you touch on this or is that more of like the bigger coaching stuff? Um, both. So the magical play dates are really for that very first part of like diving into your psyche and what's there. So like that truly is like why I designed those that way, um, is to find out that. So it's to start you on that journey. And then, yeah, if you want more support and like a guide and an ally, someone to walk with you as you're traversing and navigating the other steps of that, that's where the rest of the coaching comes in and where I'm walking with people. Okay, cool. We will definitely put the link to Ash's magical play dates in the show notes. Me and Shay can 100% recommend them from personal experience. They will blow your mind in a good way, like in a safe way. Like you feel safe and supported. And also you're like, why is my brain on the wall behind me? Uh, But before we close out, Ash, I'm sure that you're familiar and you knew that this question was coming. But just like we ask every human on the podcast, what's been sparking your curiosity lately? Oof. Oof. What's been sparking my curiosity lately? (sighs) I had to figure out how to put this in a way that, in a sentence, it's just like this nebulous thing that's been floating in my head recently. And I don't know how to totally articulate it. Um, What is something I'm curious about? Hmm it's going to come out really messy. So sorry in advance. Here we go. Um, I am really curious. Um, so talking about patterns, pattern recognition, um, us is entering their Pluto return. Um, Pluto is a planet that takes a long, long time. It takes 250 years to complete a cycle. 
Um, and so Pluto is a generational placement. So like all millennials, all millennials have Pluto and Scorpio and all boomers have the same Pluto placement and all Gen Xers have the same Pluto placement. Um, and like Rome fell during their Pluto placement. Most empires fall in their Pluto placement when it comes for their return. So the U.S. is experiencing their Pluto return right now. And so I'm just like, what's going to happen? How is this going to play out? And I am more curious on what that means individually, because I truly believe that this happens for us, that things happen for us. I truly believe that as dark and crazy and fucking chaotic as things seem right now, like I truly believe I have the intuition that things are going to become better. Like all of this is falling as a necessary destruction so that something better can happen on, on the other side of that. And so my curiosity is what that is and what that looks like individually and then how we come together collectively for that. That's my curiosity. I fucking love that. Me and my aunt were literally just talking about that. So not ironic that, yeah, that's fucking cool. Um, well, we, yeah, you're... If you're not following Ash already, maybe she'll uh, share some stuff on her Instagram about it that she's noticing, because that would be really cool. I would love to follow along with like just the insights that you're seeing about everything. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Is that the best place to follow you? Yes. I want to second that um, your content is some of my most favorites that I see in my feed. So definitely recommend you guys finding Ash um, on Instagram and following her. Thank you. All right. Well, I think we're going to close this episode down. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with someone you think would love it or on social media. And if something really popped out to you, please DM us, any one of us. We absolutely love connecting with you and hearing like the specific things that actually resonated. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review so that we can all continue to grow together. And until next time, remember that you have the power to create whatever the hell you want. Follow the nudge, ask the questions, and let curiosity guide the way. We'll see you in the next episode.